Welcome to the Zion Church Podcast. We are a church that is passionate about bringing heaven to earth by following Jesus, who demonstrated perfect Christianity. We hope you are blessed by this teaching from Josh Wood. Pentecost Sunday. So for some of you in here, you are familiar with the Holy Spirit. You know who He is. You've received the Holy Spirit. Some of you maybe don't. Some of you maybe don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Maybe some of you have come from a different denominational background that doesn't really teach about the baptism of the Spirit. So right now, I want to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to read to you from Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through to 8. And this was what Jesus said to his disciples uh, in in the days before they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So this is after Jesus died. This is after he was resurrected. And just before his ascension, just before he ascended into heaven, it says here, Acts chapter 1, verse 4. It says, And being assembled together with them, he, Jesus, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, When uh, so you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, that you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, uh, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But... You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. You know, I preached about this uh, from this exact text just a couple of weeks ago when I talked about what it means to be a disciple and about what Jesus called us to be witnesses and how that word means martyr. But I want to look at something a little different tonight. I want to kind of break that down. It says here uh, that he commanded them, all right? He said he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. So in the Bible, that's a capital P. So it's a person, all right? The the promise is the Holy Spirit. Now, what's interesting is is that uh, Jesus, this wasn't a suggestion, Jesus wasn't like, okay, great, guys, I'm going to go now, and we've had a great time together. You've got everything you need, and look, if you want a little bit of a pick-me-up, just hang around for a couple of days, and the rest of you, though, if you're good, just get on with the, the Great Commission. Go for it. That's not what Jesus said. The Holy Spirit was never supposed to be an optional extra. It wasn't even a suggestion. Jesus commanded us to wait for the Holy Spirit the promise of the Father. The interesting thing is, is that he said this, uh, well, rather, who did Jesus say this to? Someone shout out to me. Sorry? His disciples. So Jesus said this to his disciples. They were disciples. They were believers. They were Christians. They had even been baptized in water. And further than that, they had already been preaching the gospel and seeing Jesus do miracles through them. Okay, so this wasn't to people that didn't know him. These were Christians. So what that's telling us is, is that you could know Jesus, you could be following Jesus, you could be a disciple, you could even be water baptized, but Jesus is saying there's still something more that he has to give to you. And that's the promise of the Holy Spirit, the baptism 
of the Holy Spirit with fire. Uh, like I said as well, they'd already been preaching the gospel, already been ministering to people in supernatural power. So what, on else could they, what else could they possibly need? Why would Jesus, if they've already been doing this stuff, why would Jesus say, wait, you need power? I want to look at something here. The reality is that the disciples did all of those things in the gospel while Jesus was present with them. But he was about to leave. So at that point in time, who can shout out to me to tell me where the Holy Spirit was when Jesus said that? Who, it's not a trick question. Who, have a think about this. Jesus is standing there. Yeah. Where, where, is the, where is the Holy Spirit residing is in the temple of the Holy Spirit when Jesus is saying that to them? In Jesus. Okay. So at that point in time, Jesus was the only one that was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he commissioned them, sent them out in his authority and power. Okay. And so at that point in time, they weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want, to look at, I want you to look at something here in John chapter 14, verse 17, and you can check this out. Jesus said to his disciples, he says that the Holy Spirit dwells with you, but will be in you. So while they were doing those miracles, the Holy Spirit in Jesus was enabling them to do the work of the gospel. But now if Jesus goes, if they don't get filled with the Holy Spirit, where's the Holy Spirit going to go? He's going with Jesus, isn't it? All right. So the Holy Spirit needed to take up habitation upon the earth in these men and women for them to continue to do the work of the kingdom. So if Jesus himself needed to be uh, sorry, filled with the Holy Spirit to accomplish the work of the Father... How do we think that we can do the Father's work unless we've got the Holy Ghost? Like I joked about a couple weeks ago, and my wife will attest to this, I can't even get out of bed without the Holy Spirit. So resurrection power to wake me up in the morning. I want you to have a look at something else here as we, as we kind of break down that, um, what the Lord talked about. Baptism of water, baptism of the Holy Spirit, two different baptisms. Sometimes it happens together, but there are two distinct things here. And I've taught about this before in Zion, and I'm not going to do that now. But what I want us to have a look at is the word here when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. There's a couple of different words for the Holy Spirit. And one of the words here is this. In the Greek, it's hagios, means holy, and pneuma means breath or wind. So it can literally be translated as holy breath. And we know in John chapter 20, I believe I read it a couple weeks back, Jesus breathed on his disciples in John chapter 20, verse 21 to 22. It says that he breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit, holy breath, hagios pneuma. Who else can tell me where in the Bible God breathed on someone? In the beginning, in the Garden of Eden. Adam, and here we have Jesus, who the Bible says is the last Adam. What Adam lost, Jesus restored. Jesus brought us back into that place of living and abiding in the rest of God, in covenant with God, unbreakable covenant. And just as God breathed into Adam, the holy breath, the hagios pneuma, it's the Greek word. The Holy Spirit through Jesus come through Jesus 
and into the disciples when he breathed on them. Because remember, the Holy Spirit was inside of him. So that's why sometimes if you see me praying for people on the prayer line, it's like, why does Josh keep blowing on people? So I do that sometimes. I just like, Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do. I like to do what I see Jesus do. So sometimes when I pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit, I breathe on them. Why? Because he's in me. The Holy Spirit lives inside him and he wants to come and he wants to fill other people as well. Redemption. I'm just going to read just a couple other scriptures and I'm going to tidy it up. But John chapter 14 also, Jesus, the other words, the other word that Jesus uses for the Holy Spirit, it can be translated as helper or sometimes as comforter. And that's the word parakletos. Jesus said, um, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. So that word parakletos in the Greek literally can be translated as someone who comes alongside to help. So it's like if you're running a running race, you get to the last 10 meters and you, you get a cramp and you collapse and all of a sudden the coach or someone comes running in lifts that person up, wraps their arms around them and walks them across the finish line. That person was a parakletos, someone who comes alongside to give aid, to give strength and to help that, that person accomplish what they couldn't do on their own, the helper. And this is, this is one of the last things I want to talk about here. This point, Jesus says that he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of, tr- of truth Uh, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, here it is, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And I love Jesus finishes this. He says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I love how the the triune nature of God, the Trinity of God that Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit and himself and the Father in this first person, third person scenario. He's saying, I'm going and the Holy Spirit's coming. And then he says, I won't leave you orphans. I will come to you. But this is the point here. He says the, the help is coming, the parakletos. He says that he may abide with you forever. Why is this important? Because in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, the Holy Spirit would come upon people for a time to anoint people, to empower people, enable people to do certain things. For instance, uh, King Saul, the Holy Spirit came upon him. He even began to prophesy and began to do things by the Spirit of God. But there came a time because of his sin that the Holy Spirit left from him. That's why David says in the Psalms, I think I've got the quote here, Psalm chapter 51 verse 11, he says, "Do not." he's praying to the Father, he's praying to the Lord. He says, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. So this is really important because uh, in the Gospel of John chapter 1, John the, uh, the baptizer, John the Baptist, made this declaration. He said, I did not know who it was, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. You see, in the old covenant, sacrifice would just cover sin. It never dealt with the internal reality of sin. The blood of bull of goats, the Bible talks about, covered sin. 
But the blood of Jesus doesn't just cover you and leave you the same. It goes deep into the very sore, the very core, the core of who you are and transforms you, spirit, soul, and body, completely cleanses you so that the Holy Spirit doesn't just come upon you for a time, but the Holy Spirit can now take up residence inside of you and abide there forever. That's good news. He will never leave us, Jesus says. That's why Jesus, he was the only one that qualified to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But we know that we didn't get salvation because of what we did. We get it because of what Jesus did. The same goes with the Holy Spirit. It's not our good works that qualifies us for the Holy Spirit to come inside of us. It's the work of Jesus Christ. It's the blood of Jesus on our behalf. I just want to finish up with, with this I'm trying to make this real short. Hopefully you're getting something out of this today. Give me a wave if you're hearing something maybe you haven't thought of before or a different perspective. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 to 36. And this is really important. So this is just after the disciples receive the Holy Spirit. They're in Jerusalem. Peter gets up. He preaches the gospel to thousands and thousands of people. And this is what he said. He said, therefore, let all the house of Israel know that, uh, sorry, assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Imagine that. Imagine if you were in the crowd shouting, give us Barabbas, kill Jesus. And all of a sudden, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're like, oh my gosh. I called out for the death of my Savior, my Messiah. I'd be pretty cut to the heart too. I'd be thinking, how on earth is God ever, ever going to forgive me for that? I killed my Messiah. This is what, the, what it says. They were cut to the heart. What on earth can we do? What hope is there for us? Peter said to them, repent. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, the freedom of sins, and doesn't just finish there. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to say, this promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Now I want to tell you something. If you're in this room tonight, guess what? You're here because God called you. So this promise wasn't just to the early church. It wasn't just to the, to the uh, apostles. Peter says it's for everyone at far off as many as the Lord our God will call. So this promise of the Father is available for you and me, not just to have the Holy Spirit come and visit from time to time, but to come and to take up residence and to abide with us forever. I love even the depth of the sin that they committed, the response was still the same. I killed the Messiah. What shall I do? Repent. Repent. Turn from sin. Turn to God and be baptized in the name of, of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. So this is what I want to say to you tonight is that uh, there's two things and later on we're going to go over this. Um, but you might be in this room and maybe you've done some stuff. Maybe you've hurt yourself. Maybe you've hurt other people. You know, sometimes it's easier for other people to forgive us than it is for us to forgive ourselves. But part of receiving forgiveness is actually wearing forgiveness and believing, believing that we're forgiven. But I want to tell you this. 
you might be like them, that they were cut to the heart and thought, what hope is there for me? If people really knew what was on the inside of me, if people really knew the things that I've done or the things that I've thought or whatever it might be, I want to tell you that just like them, there is hope for you. There's a place of repentance for you to receive Jesus, to be set free from your sin and then to be filled with the spirit of the living God. The second thing is, is maybe you believe in Jesus. Maybe you've been walking with Jesus for many years. Maybe you've been baptized with water. But maybe you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit is for you today. He wants to come inside of you and fill you. Peter, a few weeks prior, denied knowing Jesus three times. One of which to a servant, called down curses on himself. And now all of a sudden, he gets filled with the Holy Spirit and he's standing up on top of the house, preaching to the whole city. What happened? What changed? This is what changed. The Holy Spirit came inside of him. And I'll just finish on this point. We can look at it like this. The twofold purpose of the Holy Spirit is one, is internal transformation. Internal transformation. And outward demonstration. God wants to come and set you so free on the inside, cleanse you so deeply on the inside, squeaky clean, that you're free from yourself, you're free from others, and you're free from uh, Satan. You can walk in absolute joy and bliss and peace and hope. Oh my gosh, and no one can take it from you. You walk in love and people can see that everywhere you go. Man, there's something so different about that person. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has transformed you from the inside. But you know what? What happens on the inside has to come out. It's how the kingdom works. The enemy works on the outside and tries to get in. He comes against your body, comes against your mind and tries to get into your heart, into your soul, into your belief system, ultimately into your spirit, man. But the kingdom of God works the other way around. It starts on the inside, starts in your spirit, and it works its way out through your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, and through your body. Outward demonstration, internal transformation, outward demonstration. So the kingdom can't stay inside of you. What's in has to come out. You have to give it away. Signs and wonders and miracles as we see God do pretty much every week here. And this is just the beginning. You've been listening to a Zion Church podcast. For more information about Zion Church, go to zionchurch.info. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash zionchurchgc. And on Instagram, we're at zionchurchofficial. 